My husband's very quiet. He's not saying anything. And I said, what's wrong? And he goes, I'm so angry. And I said, why are you so angry? And he goes, every single last bit of meat out in our freezer right now is um, bound together with pork fat. So none of it was clean. And that's all we were eating. Welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew, the podcast where we discuss with people from all over how we walk out our faith like that ultimate Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach, a.k.a. Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Jody O'Dell. This is Episode 5, an interview with Jessica Furman of Reno, Nevada. This interview was done on my iPhone at the Friendsgiving weekend in Northern California in November of 2019. Okay, so I'm here with... (laughs) Take two. Okay, I'm here with, with Jessica Furman, and we are at this beautiful, amazing Friendsgiving weekend here in Esparto, California. And um, Jess, I would like to hear your story. First of all, please introduce yourself. My name is Jessica Furman, and I live in Reno, Nevada with my husband, James, and my two beautiful children. Thank you. And so first I want to know, um, well, you're a Torah keeper. And so I would like to know, what was your faith walk like, if you had any, before Torah? So I grew up um, in the Christian church, and um, my parents actually had been Catholic, so it was like a really big deal in our family when we converted to Christianity. Um, We were the only ones on both sides, so it was a big deal. I was about five or six, and we moved a lot as a child in the Bay Area, California. And um, so we would go to new churches about every year or two years. And um, so faith was important, but we never put down roots anywhere. And um, I think that definitely influenced my walk because I really loved God and I loved being around other believers, but it didn't ever grow roots in my life. When we moved to Reno, I was a freshman in high school. And oddly enough, around that time, we actually kind of stopped going to church. It wasn't purposeful. We just never found another church. And very, very slowly but surely, I started to walk more rebelliously, you know. Um, You know, a little bit of drinking and hanging out with the wrong crowd, but not too bad. You know, I still kept good grades, which that was the most important thing. And then I decided to join the military. And it was through that experience that um, I really realized I was not strong of a believer because I started making a lot of really terrible decisions. I went through some abuse, actually, and um, it really kind of wrecked me. And when I got out of the service, I um, was really screwed up. (laughs) I had some PTSD that I was being treated for, and um, I don't know, I just, I had a hunger for God. I really wanted to follow Him. And so I just started really following after him. I I stopped doing activities that were sinful and not what a Christian should be doing. And I had been really seeking hardly after the Father for two years before I met my husband, who was also a believer, but he was actually in a rebellious state and himself from the church. And so we were following God and going to church, but we probably weren't a very good example to other believers. And then right before my son was born, I had a crisis of faith where I realized, well, I just, I just went to God and I got down on my hands and knees and I said, if you're real and you want me to follow you, then you need to show me. 
And not only that, but I want to know exactly how you mean for me to follow you. Because I really loved studying the Word, loved the Bible. But I just felt very conflicted. I had all these friends who were in different denominations, and, you know, we would have these doctrinal differences, and I just... It got to be kind of where I felt like a fraud. You know, I had friends that were non-believers and they were asking all these really smart questions and I didn't have good answers for them. <laughs> um, so within six months, God answered my prayer. And it started out, we were going to a, a very conventional Christian church and we were reading Bible study through the book of Acts and we got to the part about Peter's vision. And I remember lying in bed next to my husband, reading it, getting ready for Bible study the next day. And I... I just said, oh my gosh, I don't think this Peter's vision is what I've thought it was all this time. And um, I've tried to wake him up to tell him, and he was like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. And (laughs) so I just was, you know, thinking about it, and I thought, oh, I'm going to bring this up and study, and I'd love to hear what other people think. Maybe they feel the same. Crickets, you know, in my study. Nobody said anything. And they were like, no, you have it all wrong. But it was there in the back of my mind, and then about six months after that, my son... Um, was five months old, and I was preparing food for um, my husband's hunting trip. And um, I was cooking pork sausage at the time. And I was listening to a podcast about, I don't remember what the topic was, but um, biblical clean eating got brought up. And I thought, huh, what's that about? That's interesting. And the, the guy who was speaking, his name is Dr. Michael Lake, and he said, even from a nutritional standpoint, pork is very unhealthy for you. And I'm literally cooking pork. And I swear, I heard God say, you will never eat this food again. You just never will. And I said, okay. <laughs> that was all it took. And that happened on a Thursday evening. My husband left for hunting uh, later that night and was going to be gone for, I think, two weeks. And that next day, the Friday... I sent out to a fellowship finder to see if there was a Torah-believing community because I'd spent all night on the internet looking at clean eating, which led me to Torah, which led me to then the Sabbath. I thought, the Sabbath? What is that about? So then I looked up a fellowship finder, and I found a Sabbath-keeping community, and I showed up that Saturday to my first uh, Sabbath Shabbat meeting. So... That is fantastic. Was that the 119 Ministries Fellowship Finder, or was it a different it was, one? Uh, I think it was Rob Skiba's, Okay, actually. okay. I know there are several. But they were on the but, 119 one. Yes, well, so. yes. That's, that is amazing. I think you answered my next question. So just tell me, how, how did your husband become... I mean, like, did he argue with you? Did he just go along with you? I mean, I'm curious. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, when he's hunting, he doesn't have amazing service, but he'll check in every couple of days just to kind of let me know he's alive. And I kept all this under my hat, and it was actually kind of nice because I had about two weeks just to study. And so when he got back, he goes, oh, how was your time? I said, well, yeah, I went to a new church. He goes, oh, you didn't? You didn't tell me that. And I was like, yeah, it was, you know, last Saturday. And he goes, Saturday? What kind of church meets on Saturday? And I said, well, I've got some things to talk to you about. <laughs> so I told him about all this and I was pretty jazzed at this point I was like this is it this is the answer to my prayers all of it and um he was not stoked (laughs) he was not in agreement but God bless him because he kind of was like well I haven't studied this you have so okay we'll check it out we I think we went to our first Shabbat together because I kind of went on my own for a little while and then a few months later he joined me and just kind of interesting thing so my husband's a hunter well, when I was pregnant with my son, who's my oldest, um, I couldn't eat meat because it would make me really sick. And so I'd kind of become vegetarian. 
And then when he got back from his hunting trip, he wasn't successful. He didn't kill anything. And he was really mad about it. And he felt like God was telling him, I'm not going to bless you with more meat unless you eat the meat you already have in your freezer. So we thought, oh, well, you know, we're going to be good, sustainable people. We're going to eat what we have. And then God's going to bless us with more, even though I wasn't really eating meat. Um, But I would cook it and we would eat it. And um, every time it would make us sick and we couldn't understand why. You know, we're eating this clean Nevada game meat and it's making us sick. What's that about? Well, our very first Shabbat, um, my husband was talking to my friend's husband and he was explaining how about eating biblically clean because I hadn't really shared that with my husband yet. And we get home from Shabbat that later that day and my husband's very quiet. He's not saying anything. And I said, what's wrong? And he goes, I'm so angry. And I said, why are you so angry? And he goes, every single last bit of meat out in our freezer right now is um, bound together with pork fat. So none of it was clean and that's all we were eating. So I was making us sick, yeah. So that really opened his eyes in a way it made him angry, but it also kind of gave credence to what we were learning. And then, yeah, we God was amazing and merciful, and over the course of two years, he's brought us through two sets of the feasts, which have been amazing, and our marriage has grown stronger, and our kids are super healthy and blessed, and it's not easy, but, you know, that's kind of where we're at now. Wow. You are very blessed because I know there are many, many women in this walk who walk alone because their husbands aren't convinced for one reason or another. So now um, I would like to know, how has being Torah observant changed your life, like some concrete things that happened, like be it with your job, with your family, with your daily routine, things like that? Well, one thing, I had a lot of health problems through the pregnancy and birth of my son, And afterwards, and the moment I started eating clean, biblically clean, from Leviticus 11, all of my health problems, like, went out the window. And then after that, I became vegan, which someday I should do a podcast with you about why I think that biblically. But any residual little things that went away. But, yeah, probably the sad, the downsides, and I think this is more of a grievance for my husband than for me. Uh, My family is kind of a mixed bag. Some are believers, some aren't. But they don't really care what we do. They give us a little bit of a hard time and joke with us that we've turned Jewish. But that's about it. But my husband's family are all Christian. And they have treated us with an amazing amount of hostility, um, some of them. Others have been more open-minded and willing to talk. And the others still, I think, just now recently, the fathers may be starting to soften their hearts to at least just hear what we're doing. But I think the most astounding thing is most of them have a lot of hostility and what would feel like judgment, but they haven't ever even really asked us what we're doing and why. And we're not really able to tell them why, and I think that makes me sad, but I definitely put that in the Father's hands. Um, And then, I don't know, there's not really a lot of drawbacks for me. My life became simpler. It became more peaceful through keeping the feasts, through no longer partaking in Christmas and Easter. I will say, though, from a spiritual warfare standpoint, For the first year that my husband and I tried to keep Sabbath together, we fought every single Friday and or Saturday. Yes, I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that and I experienced it. Um, Certain people that I know have also experienced it. Yes. It's amazing. It is. It's, it was, it was, you know, for my husband, he was just saying, this is supposed to be a blessing. You know, why does this not feel like a blessing? And it's not been until more recently and that it actually has felt like a blessing 
in my understanding, it seems that the father is kind of testing us out, like, how serious are you? Like, how badly do you want this? And then also the other side is that the enemy in our flesh hates that we are being obedient, hates that we're trying to walk with him out of love, you know? So Absolutely. Well, um, before we conclude, I also would like to ask you, just two or three off the top of your head of your favorite resources that are kind of like your go-to. Because I know that the, whatever we call ourselves, Messianic, Torah-keeping movement worldwide, there are a lot of teachers, and there are so many that we don't even know about, and others that everybody knows, and I just thought it'd be great to share. First of all, I love that you asked that question. <laughs> and this is really easy for me because... Um, my number one is there's a ministry called Rise on Fire, and it's led by a young man named P.D. I think it's Van der Westhusen is the right way, but he's from South Africa, and he recently moved to the United States because he married a girl from Virginia. But they now have a ministry together. They have a YouTube channel. It's fantastic. I think Jody knows. She's giving me the look. But they're just amazing. And then um, I also really love Now You See TV, which is another YouTube channel ministry. And then 119 Ministries is always really great. And your Bible, obviously. And your Bible. Can't so. forget the Bible. Well, thank you, Jess thank Furman. You. And just to clarify, you've been keeping Torah for two years or uh, three? Well, this, la- this past August, I would say, is two years. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Walk Like a Hebrew. This podcast is completely listener supported. So if you like what you hear and want to hear more, please consider making a one-time or recurring donation by going to sheholdsforth.com and clicking on the donation button. That's S-H-E-H-O-L-D-S-F-O-R-T-H.com. Huge thanks to Jack Lane of Northern California for the wonderful music. You can get Jack's CD, Lord I Lift Your Name, at jackmlane.com. Thank you for listening. May Jehovah bless you. We'll catch you next time.